Hello everyone, welcome to Helix Players Games. My name is Richie, and joining me this week is the host of CyberChris27. The host of CyberChris27? The host of Talking the PS at CyberChris2077, Mr. Chris. Hello everyone. Hello indeed. To be fair, after the dream you just told us about you, maybe you are the host for CyberChris2077. A weird men in black dream. Yeah. And of course, to, ex- to execute, um, if he is a men, in- if this is a men in black situation, Mister Rob. Hello. Would you be? I, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with my brain today. It's not working. So just it's bear with us, guys. Yeah, it's just it's just one of them days. Like my, I woke up, my brain hasn't switched on yet. I've got coffee. Hopefully, I might become a human at some point during the show. But we've got a great show lined up for you this week where we're talking about Ubisoft Plus Games um, Library getting leaked, coming to Xbox. The UK says no to the Activision Blizzard King deal. And we've got some new games come off uh, Game Pass for February. All that and much, much more in this week's X Pass. Before we get into it, if you haven't already, make sure you like the video and subscribe to the channel or your podcast feed of choice with notifications switched on so you're kept in the loop of all our great content here at Helix Plays Games, such as Talking the PS, where we break down all the PlayStation gaming news happening on the blue side of gaming, our clicker cast, which went up early. Well, technically last week you got two episodes went live because of the Super Bowl. Weird to say, like, football game changing when the TV show comes out, in my opinion, but Damn Super it did. Bowl. It, it, it did, so we give you the clicker cast on Sunday evening instead of Tuesday, so there will be no clicker cast tomorrow. That's right, Chris? That's right, because it's already out. Yeah, it's already out. Go check it on the channel if you missed it live. It'll be there forever. And it's also on podcast um, feeds. And it will return to its usual Tuesday 8pm GMT slot as of next week. We also have our weekly live streams where, for the first time ever, last week, Chris and I jumped into a bit of Halo Combat Evolved. We did. We did. What were your thoughts, Chris? Uh, I had a great time with it. I always knew I was going to enjoy it, but I actually think we discussed it during the live stream, but having played GoldenEye like just the week prior when it launched on Game Pass and kind of having those old-school sensibilities reimagined again to then jump into Halo, which... Obviously, it came out a lot later than GoldenEye, but it, it essentially was still a first-person shooter of its time. To then play it kind of up-res, because we played the Master Chief Collection. Uh, never played it before other than like a dabble of multiplayer. I had a great time with it. I, I enjoyed the story. The graphics didn't kind of burn my eyes or anything. I didn't go into it thinking this is going to look ugly. Um, we did have a couple of chuckles throughout the stream. Go check it out on the channel where it, within the game, it actually allows you to literally press one button and it pops between the old resolution textures and the new one. So you can have some really good laughs, like looking at a character who's like quite a detailed like alien enemy press a button and it just turns into a polygonal kind of like old untextured mess from like the 2000s and uh, yeah we had a great time it's co-op campaign we played through we did a little bit of multiplayer at the end but yeah I had a great time and i'm more than more than down for playing a bit more and seeing kind of where the story leads to how about you yeah. richie um pretty much the same i think there was like it was a nice experience like as you mentioned gold there's a lot of comparisons to goldeneye actually because we jumped into goldeneye we know what this game is we know how it's going to feel we know how it's going to look 
but we so like expectations were set right for Guttles going up in the Golden Eye, so we could have a blast. We know Halo's not a, a, it's technically not a modern game anymore. This is kind of like it's an old game at this point. So, mm. and we could just embrace it fully for what it is and think, like just the nostalgia of like gaming in that era. It's like you know what, it holds up well enough that you can have a blast playing it, Absolutely. even with modern sensibilities. Yeah, there was a few things that caught us out, which was a shock to us that the fact that you cannot aim down the sight scopes. Yeah. Uh, there's like a couple of weapons that have like a click to zoom into like a set distance, but there's it's just no, the there's just absolutely nothing down iron sights at all. It's all just from the hip, which felt very gold now, which was interesting. Um, and I think we discovered Richie the kind of whole. Um, there was no sprint, so that was that was interesting. You're running around thinking, I just want to go that little bit faster, a little bit faster, and it wasn't the there. Is, your movement's not slow, but I think it doesn't matter how fast your movement is, you still want a sprint button. Yeah, and then the final one was probably the um, the Warthog, the vehicle you have. The steering of it is very much like where I would expect a modern one to be. It would be like R2, the trigger, to kind of accelerate, steer with the left stick and just control your camera. But I think we found out, Richie, it's the... It's the right stick controls that you have to be facing via the camera the way you want to go. So if you yeah. rotate the camera to kind of glance off to your right, which you would in a modern game, the whole vehicle just steers right instead with you. Yeah, and don't, it, don't try to figure out the like the, the driving of the Warthog because it's impossible. Yeah. It's not. I nailed it. Well, <laughs> we, we did almost go off a cliff and flip several times, but if you call that nailing it, then... Road trip it is, boy. In comparison to how you played it, like I was drifting around tunnels and stuff. I was doing, I was doing quite well. But I had had a great time, and I think if if people want us to continue that playthrough, then just let us know. I'm I'm absolutely down for it when we find our pockets of time. And that's what the comments below are for. Um, Before we get into it, gentlemen, have you been playing anything interesting this week? I might as well go because I'm going to have such a short entry on this. I've not had any look in on the PlayStation, or um, much of Xbox this week because Hogwarts Legacy has came out and our TV has been occupied by my girlfriend playing that game to death already. So I have nothing to say on this on this little segment of the show, unfortunately. So you, you've observed plenty of it, though, from a distance. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah. But so what you're saying I'm, is you need a second TV. Yeah, but then, like, the trouble is, like, my second setup is here in this office, and when I work all day, like, I don't want to, like, mm-hmm. yeah, necessarily just, be here during the just week. Get, just get two TVs and put them next to each other. I think, yeah, that, but that's, you can't go back from that, can you? Because that's... Maybe you don't need to. Maybe that is the future. What you do, Rob, not. Is, is you get your wand, you go into the room, you approach it and just go, I do a good number! <laughs> just done. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> no, apparently, Try. like... Um, full on dress up as Voldemort. Yeah, because yeah. those, those spells mean you're a bad guy, so she's not even trying to collect them. Which... Uh, that I wanted to say that so many times. I, I basically chose halfway through my um, first look at Hogwarts Legacy on the channel now. I just decided to pick up a Samsung stylus that I used for my tablet because like, halfway through playing, I was like, I need a wand of some sort. I was like, what have I got? I've got pens around me. I've got this. I was like, this will do. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's doing really well. Doing really well. Mm-hmm. It's the old Hogwarts legacy, regardless yeah. of all its um, criticisms and stuff that came out. So. Yeah, I think we'll be talking a bit more about that on, tomorrow on Talking the PS. So mm. if you want to know our views on that, well, as Chris mentioned, we have a Let's, um, let's Play on the channel of Chris's first look of it. And we'll talk about it a bit more tomorrow on Talking the PS. But anything else interesting, Chris? Uh, I feel like I have been playing something. My brain is just absolutely crashed right now. 
I'm, all I can think of is Hogwarts Legacy and what, what spells I can say that kind of make jokes. Like, subscribe to your... <laughs> It's one of them. <laughs> That's as far as like I got. Your subscribe, I, your. <laughs> like your subscribe, your. Like your subscribe, your. I haven't been playing something, but my brain at this moment cannot fathom what it was. So I'll I'll pass on that one for now. Hit <laughs> bell icon, your. <laughs> I'll come back with that one. Oh god. Um, for me, I'm still in that kind of like I'm just bouncing between a lot of stuff at the moment. Nothing, not really fixated on one particular game. Nothing's really like sunk its teeth into me like kind of thing it's like so I've I mean I've been continuing playing a bit of FIFA I'm still playing a bit of The Last of Us in the kind of like I'll sit down I'll play for a couple of hours one evening and then I won't play for like a week Mm. it's usually pretty much the day after I've watched the episode oh I'll play a bit of Last of Us and then that's the week I don't touch it spoiler free then not necessarily of the game but of the the show of course go check out Clickercast everyone how much have you played up to in the game now to line up with the show? I'm in Pittsburgh. Okay. So in the, the equivalent in the show is Kansas City. Okay. Okay. Um, so I am a bit, I'm a little back, um, but I'm like basically in the same kind of close enough. Like it's not like the show's like chapters and chapters ahead mm. or anything. It's just like yeah. But some yeah. some sections in the show are longer in the game, like. Mm-hmm. Bill's Town is quite a bit longer to play through than it is to watch in the show. It's like an hour in the show. Yeah. And in the game, it's a bit longer. So I did Bill's Town kind of like over two stretches. Did playing Halo this week make you want to go watch the Halo TV series at all? No. Um, Rob, Rob, having seen it, do you think he should go watch it now he's experienced the game? This is a weird thing, so... Like hardcore Halo fans of the game, like despise the TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, I absolutely love the TV show, so I would say watch it. But yeah, it's, it's good TV. But I don't know if it's as faithful I as some of the feel, hardcore fans wanted. I don't feel I like know enough about Halo to really get it, into it properly. That could be though, right? Show, yeah, it could be. Mm. But I feel like I'd want to play the games more than watch the TV show. Mm, so yeah. it's more of a gamer than a TV show watcher, whatever the people call themselves. Viewers, I, I think viewers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you damn viewers. I feel like the I feel TV like I watcher. would rather have my experience of learning like the law and what Halo means to people by playing the games rather than watching the, the TV show. And mm. if I got into Halo, that's when I'd consider watching the TV show. That's fair. And That's I've fair. Had, I mean, if I wanted to watch a TV show, I've had plenty of chances since it came out to do it, and I've chosen not to. So That's fair. That, that was one yeah. of the reasons, I think, when I was playing Hogwarts Legacy, I was, I was kind of recounting my history of that franchise and how after the books and the movies when we were, we were kids, getting to, like, as an adult and the Fantastic Beast movies doing whatever they did by the time they got to the second and then the troublesome third one, it just seemed to, like, the franchise fell off a cliff. And I was like, but as a gamer playing that game immediately was like, all right, yeah, this is this is where I could happily spend hours and hours rather than go and watch another movie or watch a yeah. TV spin-off series because it was like, yeah, this is my hobby, this is my best interests. I'd rather play this for 40, 50 hours than slog through another Fantastic Beast movie. Yeah. Um, other than that, I actually picked up Pokemon again because I think my in my brain, you know when something's like, it's not as good as you want it to be, but I remember like I actually liked um, Pokemon Violet, but it just kind of soured in my brain. So it's like, Mm. I need to pick it up again to kind of like almost reset that because I felt like I was just getting 
more negative than I actually am on that game. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I think a lot of my criticisms about the open world still are still true. It's just kind of boring, right? Yeah. But it's still a Pokemon. It's still a Pokemon game, and I don't know if it's because of patches, but it wasn't running as poorly as I remember. Hmm. I'm I'm going to give it another shot once I get that Pokemon itch again. Yeah. It's kind of came and went, left me now. So it, I feel like, regardless of if they announce another game this year, which we probably will get again, yeah, um, I'll I'll give it another shot at a later time. But yeah, I, d- I just wanted to kind of just have that kind of bit of a mental reset because I realised I had been getting more and more negative about it. It's like, that's not my actual impression of the game. It's just, let's go back and see what I actually enjoyed about it. But it is, I don't, it got, again, I don't know whether it's me, but I think the game might be playing a bit better. It's still not, still not great. But anyway, let's, let's move on. Um, Chris, would you like to introduce us to the... The excellently exuberant excavated Xbox expose, aka the, the news. news. The news, and as always, the news section is brought to you by our Helix heroes, such as Daniel Bosserman. Thank you very much for joining. If you want to get your name in here, all you have to do is become a Helix hero for as little as ninety nine p. So first story of the week: the boss, Daniel the Bosserman. I'm sure he's never had that before. Nah, he'll tell you what I do. Okay. Right, don't, get, don't get kinky Sorry. on our new members. That's not what to subscribe for. I mean, if you want to get oh, kinky, you're going to have to go to a higher level than the 99 level. <laughs> Sorry, I've just, no, I'm just in a weird mood today. I've had <laughs> simultaneously not enough and too much caffeine. And you're clearly very horny. As always. <laughs> Sorry. Activision Blizzard King. It, uh, the takeover from Microsoft has hit the news again because this time the UK have said no. They're not happy with the deal. They're kind of blocking it. So that's the UK's Comp- Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA, has published its provisional conclusion on Microsoft's proposed acquisition from of Ac- Activision Blizzard and proposed that Call of Duty be removed from the deal as one possible compromise. Uh, do Microsoft want it without Call of Duty? It's like, oh, I'll have a Big Mac, please, but can you take the burgers out of the middle of the bun? Like, you just left I, with the lettuce and the sauce and the pickles and whatnot. I think without Call of Duty, you want to take the six off the 69 billion. <laughs> <laughs> even that, even we, that. We say that, but yeah. how much of the, like, people, like, a lot of people sleep on, like, the king side of this deal, mm, which is yeah. a hell of a money spinner. I mean, obviously, it's not cod levels of, of money spinning, but... I don't know if you like just the price. I'd say they could still do it, but I don't think they will on the principle of it anymore. Yeah, I think it comes to that thing. Like you're right, King is an absolute money spinner. That's why Activision Blizzard bought them in the first place because they produce tons of mobile games to make tons and tons, tons of profit. But that doesn't feel like. It doesn't feel like Microsoft in this deal for the King thing. That's almost like a nice bonus to have this 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 publisher basically who can just keep doing what they're doing and Microsoft just bank the money. It yeah, feels it's, like it's, the more in for the Activision Blizzard side of it. They're trying to build the way to good games, right? That's the yeah, that's it, the way like, to good games, should I say? Yeah, and Activision Blizzard they do have some phenomenal franchises, and it's not just Call of Duty. You've got like the Blizzard stuff. You've got Warcraft. You've got Diablo. You've got Starcraft. 
Activision have got things like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, obviously Call of Duty, um, Tony Hawk's, like, they've got some great stuff outside of Call of Duty. So do you think this might be something that they have to get forced into? Then how, how do they do that? Would that just have to be like Activision Blizzard King at the moment now restructuring and basically jettisoning off Call of Duty into its own thing? Like, like, but like a, with an organization that big, it's not a simple thing just to like to hack out like a little sec, a little, like, this I say a little game. It's like it's it's not easy to do that because you have like shared kind of back end functions. You have everything kind of like like kind of we we look at Call of Duty as it's like this big kind of monolith of gaming, but it's it's going to have its own kind of. It's going to share kind of function with other parts of the company, right? And I don't know if you can do that easily, like just to hack that out. Well, what would if? How would it impact things like the share price? Like to hack out something as big to probably what Activision Blizzard King are as Call of Duty. That's not a small undertaking. Yeah, it's, it's that's insane. yeah. You're probably looking a year or two to actually get that done, like. Yeah, so I really don't think that's like a, a practical solution. Um, I don't think they'd want the deal anyway, would they? Like that's the thing. I, we, I think the biggest thing for Microsoft was getting these games for Game Pass. I think if you lose one of the biggest back catalog libraries from the deal and future catalog libraries and that kind of that pull of what Call of Duty, like of all the things in that library, let's face it, Call of Duty will have the biggest pull towards Game Pass and the Xbox ecosystem than than any other. And I just think the the biggest thing I've I think we said from quite early on was that this this pushback from Sony and all the regulators and stuff. I feel like it's just Sony's tactic to delay, and like the delay tactic seemingly is working fantastic. If they can give themselves um, that kind of foot in the door moment where they can just hold it open, hold or style, until they get the shit together to get a shooter out or something, or make a deal with EA for Battlefield or whatever it looks like, any any extra time is beneficial to them. But I do feel like we've reached a point in the deal where. If what Sony say Microsoft are going to do happens, so they lose Call of Duty eventually, whether it's six years, five years, ten years, if they lose it, or if the deal doesn't go through, it's almost kind of like the same outcome in a weird yeah. way. Because like either way, like they're screwed over with Call of Duty at some point. So it's just kind of like, yeah, just bide your time. And then there is always that chance that, I know it's funny saying, but like, will Call of Duty still be relevant in... If they can hash out like an eight-year deal, is Call of Duty realistically it's, still going to be number one in, in half, nearly a decade's time? Like we well, can't predict it. The stats show it might be, but you know what I, I mean from a business lens. It's like stall, 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 and it might just fall off a cliff, and no one cares about it anymore. As it stands, um, I'm reading from Video Games Chronicle. 100% equal access claim. What does 100% mean? When we say equal, we mean equal. Ten years of parity on content, on pricing, on features, on quality, on playability. That is the deal that's on the table. So Microsoft's going. If you get the, if this deal goes through, it's only have ten years where the games will be treated completely equally on both platforms. Which, to be honest, reading it, reading that, I would say that if it goes on Game Pass, Sony can put this on PS Plus. Yeah, and ten years is a long time in gaming. Yeah, it really is. Absolutely. So, so like, it's more than a generation, isn't it? So I think. This would be like if it goes through, you wouldn't probably get Call of Duty on Game Pass. In fact, it's almost a way Microsoft can kind of not put it there. It gives mm-hmm. Microsoft that bit of an excuse, so they get ten years of people paying for it as well as Game Pass. Yeah. 
And I'd even argue, like, the irony is that what Sony's doing now, like, kind of reduces competition in its own unique way, like, different, but kind of, it's, it is, as you said, Chris, it is the same outcome, but just in, like, a different kind of form, because now if someone like Microsoft wants to kind of acquire new studios and kind of improve their product in Game Pass, they're essentially being told, no, you can't do that, because you're, you're doing it too powerfully. Which yeah. like Sony can be like, okay, that's sweet. We can just like, it's, and Sony have a much bigger market share than Microsoft at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yes, this deal going through would damage Sony's market share. I don't think anyone would be in, under any sort of illusions about that. But if the ten-year deal isn't there, would this affect Sony's market share for the next ten years? maybe the market share really starts to take a hit in 10 years' time. And that gives them 10 years to come up with a Call of Duty competitor. Yeah. But then it's, like, it's kind of back to those deal and details. they have think... Bungie. Like, so only yeah. own Bungie. So yeah, it's like, the, they're not the, like they have like bad like teams available the, to do it. To prep themselves. I do feel though originally wasn't the deal, I think they were offering it for like three-year exclusivity. And then you, you kind of like, they push back on three-year. So it is at that so, point where they couldn't get three-year, so now it was six. And they couldn't get six, then it's nine, then it's ten. It's For Sony, it's kind of like, if you can kind of just lock in this deal, the longer it is, anything's better than that original proposal of three years. Because three years, like you said, in video games, isn't that long but yeah. when it comes to the scope of if you've got a decade and there's the risk college it becomes out of favor or sony somehow hits it out of the park with whatever they're, they're building it's again it's all about just kind of stall tactics but back to the the kind of bigger picture was there's much more to this than just that game like if they negotiate this somewhere in this negotiation you've got to imagine the likes of crash bandicoot and spyro are on the table along with all the other ip because it's it's a lot to say that like you wouldn't get them games on PlayStation either. I know we always talk about Call of Duty, but there's, yeah, there's a lot of IP that it was reason, to see it exclusive. I think the reason we fix it in Call of Duty is because the sales numbers of Call of Duty compared to Crash mm. and Spiral. Why well, I actually would prefer to sit prefer to sit down and play Crash or Spiral most days than Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. The sales figures nowhere near. It's not they're not even like in the same ball. There's very few other like franchises that are even close to Call of Duty in terms of sales, and you are looking at your, your FIFAs and your Maddens. Mm-hmm. As much as people love Crash and Spyro, they don't actually sell that hugely in the context of this sort of deal. Mm-hmm. So Sony would be absolutely fine not having Crash and Spyro. It wouldn't really... I don't think it'd dent them that much. It'd be kind of almost like a weird legacy thing rather than impacting them as a business going mm-hmm. forward. But, Is it as a yeah. sidebar to all this? Did you see um, uh, Lulu Cheng, who's one of the um, executives at Blizzard, tweet out this past week? Uh, basically, when The Last of Us aired for I think it was episode four, and it started getting all its praise. Um, it, but with, like without like much context, I just want to show you this. So. So again, executive up at Activision, by the way, so really high up, quite important figurehead. Um, hi at FC, FTC, so she tagged the regulatory board in the United States. Did you catch last night's episode of The Last of Us? It was incredible. No wonder the show is breaking record. It's a true blockbuster watched by tens of millions. If you haven't already, you should check it out. You might be particularly interested uh, in the fact, and she, she basically goes on to explain why The Last of Us... It's, so wait, I keep reading to give you full context. The Last of Us is produced by Sony Pictures Television and PlayStation Productions. It's based on one of the best-selling video games developed by Sony, owned studio, and published by Sony as a PlayStation exclusive. Why does this matter? 
The FTC has opposed Microsoft Activision Blizzard deal on the grounds Microsoft could suppress competition from rival consoles by leveraging Activision games. It sounds like there's someone, uh, some worry that Sony's position as market leader could be jeopardized. And she goes on a bunch of subtweets, but... When she tweeted that, my initial thought was, I don't, you know, I think we talk about people who don't understand video games, like regulatory people. Yeah, this is a lady who was head of Activision, and yet she seems to be using a Sony-exclusive title, incubated and made by a Sony-owned studio exclusively that they've owned from the almost the beginning, and then an adaptation for TV, all done in-house, as a reason that they should be allowed to buy Activision? Yeah, See, it's kind just, of weird. Like, I feel like I she's calling from us. She's making a good point, but she just isn't. <laughs> Honestly, I just think, like, if you're an executive at any of the companies involved in this, what you should do is say absolutely nothing publicly. Not a single thing. Hmm. Unless it's a pre-prepared statement that you're delivering on, ha- on behalf of the company, just yep. do not talk about it. Because anything you say, whether it's in private or on Twitter to someone, will be used against you. You're adding things putting things on the table that do not need to be there the table's messy enough without you piling on that's kind of my take it's like i, I would be if i was like unfortunately if i was bobby kotick in this situation i'd be pissed about her tweeting about that i mean like, she rounds out all, the sub, all of her subtweets by saying sony's talent and ip across gaming tv movies and music are formidable and truly impressive it's no wonder they also continue to dominate as the market leader for consoles in gaming sony is the first of us and they will just be fine without the FTC's protection. And it's kind of like, because in, in my mind, like we mentioned it earlier in the show, but Halo, like what she's describing should be Halo for Microsoft. You owned it from an early stage, you grew it up, you've built its legacy, you've created it, you've then opted to do a TV show, and it didn't work. So I, I really can't understand where she's coming from here and saying, Yeah, it's, it's not, it's not Apple's best apples. No. It's, it's just yeah. making a point so bad. So you can imagine the comments across all social media just like going to town oh, yeah, on Earth. Yeah. Well, you you just stay like, stay saying what you're doing, stay what you're doing. Like, interestingly, the CMA did a public co- consultation about like the about this deal and asking people do do they think this would be good for competition in gaming. Seventy five percent said yes that the deal going through would be good for competition. And okay. yet, and yet they see can, the big issue. Yeah, and they, they seem to be blocking this on the deal on the kind of thoughts that this would be bad for competition, but 75% of people disagree. It's kind of this weird... Like you can see why Activision, Blizzard, and um, like Microsoft people might be getting a bit annoyed by the situation where they're going, but people seem to think this is good for competition, not bad. It strengthens Xbox. Xbox is weak compared to my, to. PlayStation strengthening Xbox makes this, means is another viable choice in the market. Here we go, like a feeling. There's like I, a Ron Swanson like character and Microsoft I, just going. I have money. I want to buy this thing. That's as complicated as it should be. Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. And it I goes get, it, it goes a long way to say that. Like all these regulatory boards, the CMA, the FCA, FTC, all all over kind of the the world is that the people dealing with that kind of wider scale thing they don't understand the video games industry like at all like they obviously they can read all the documents they can do the research they can look at the numbers and the figures but like inherently if you are not a gamer in this ecosystem you i don't think you can truly understand the ramifications and it goes back to the age rating board with mortal Kombat and stuff in the 90s like governments stepping in and politicians trying to throw their, whether it's like trying to be hipping down with the kids going like yeah i play call of duty 
yes, sniper, bang, bang. Like, And you get the other side of listening to, like, the people who think any sort of gun- violence in video games will automatically turn people into serial killers. It's like, yeah. No, that's not how it works. There's no ev- there's no strong evidence. The the only evidence is, in fact, the evidence is more likely to go the other way. If you are likely to be a serial killer, you'll probably get get more enjoyment out of yeah. being a serial killer in games. But you're still more likely to be a serial killer anyway. It's like ultimately, this will be decided by people who aren't gamers, which is yeah. Shit. I don't mind the regulatory the authorities looking at this kind of stuff because it is a massive deal that is going to change the gaming industry one way or the other. But it's when they're making decisions which seem to be contradicting their own research. That's where you go, well, what's what's going on here? Maybe you should take a bit, to be honest, take a bit longer, quietly behind the scenes work on this for a bit longer and every single party should just shut up for a bit to be honest so we the worst thing is like, the government will try to understand it by hiring like, a bunch of consultants and they'll hire like kind of like Jack Thompson they'll style hire legal consultants and marketing consultants what they need is video gamers as yeah. well as the legal and marketing consultants They'll be look. They'll, they'll hire. They'll get a stockbroker in as a consultant to, to talk about how this would affect share prices and Microsoft and Sony. It's like, well, actually, sometimes yeah, you need that guy, but you also need to actually talk to the people who are buying it. You need to talk. The biggest stakeholder in the video games industry is gamers. Yeah, without you us, need, like, there's the no industry. Wearing, buy the old t-shirt, bloke to sit down who's got like ten thousand hours in all the COD games. That's what you need. You do. You need that guy, but you also need people who are like play, who are just like passionate about playing Spyro, and you, you need this a big cross section of all stakeholders. And I sometimes think like it's like I can't really talk about other regulatory authorities, but I think the UK tend to focus almost exclusively on just the stock price. But there's more to the industry than just how the shares, stocks, and shares of these businesses. Again, I think the biggest stakeholder is gamers. Because mm-hmm. without us, there's no market. Anyway. Very nicely put. Shall we move on? Yeah, we're going to come back to this like 80,000 times over the yeah, next year. Yeah, absolutely. So. 100%. Um, I try not to put it in every week. I only, <clears throat> only when there's like a big thing, and this time it happens to be our country who's blocking the deal. I'm not even in favour or against the deal, to be honest. Like... I just, I just want a decision it, now. I want a decision, <laughs> yeah. but I want the decision to be properly thought out con- with the right people consulted on it and decisions made for the right reason. And it feels like everyone involved is making decisions for the wrong reason. Anyway, um, let's talk about um, Star Wars. Jedi yeah. Survivor has had nine minutes of gameplay. Have you watched any of it, Chris? Yeah, I watched uh, a couple of minutes and then decided I don't want to see any more. It was one of those, like, it's similar with movies when the, the trailers, in, I don't know if anyone saw the, the Fast 10 trailer this week, but it's basically oh, the God, entire yeah. it's the entire movie compressed down to about three minutes. I don't feel like I need to go see it now. Uh, it's ridiculous, and I probably wasn't going to see it anyway. But the game, yeah, it, it looks, uh, the graphics look awesome, the uh, fighting mechanics. We have droids, which is like you see them taking out battle droids from the prequels, which is like, yes, like, Obviously, they exist out in the world. Anyone who's watched the Clone Wars and stuff, is there's still yeah. variations. Because obviously, they all got shut down when the um, Droid Federation and stuff went, but they were repurposed and stuff around the galaxy for different things. So 
<clears throat> it's cool that we get to see uh, elements that we haven't seen in the sh- in the game so far. I didn't think Kyle's running style looked a bit janky. I don't know whether they've made him a little bit taller because he's growing up or what, but his animations of him running around and jumping around seem very stiff. But again, I'm guessing it's just like early build and they'll, they'll sort that out. And then I thought, you know what? I don't want to watch anymore. I want to just like keep it what yeah, it is I and think- I'll get to it. I think people are safe if they want to watch it because it's gameplay trailer. It's I don't mm. think you're getting much story from this. I kind of just kind of scrub through and just watch the yeah. because I was intentionally trying to avoid same similar as you. I don't I don't want any story stuff spoiled. So I was just kind of just scrubbing through, like watching stopping an action, a fight that I have no context for, watching for a minute and then moving on. Um, the one thing I noticed is it, it kind of weird thought occurred to me is I can almost see the button presses in combat, mm. like. I'm not saying this is a bad or a good thing. It's not. It doesn't look fluid. It's like you can almost see like, and then he pressed triangle, and then he pressed X. Like, well, it's he, got that because of the fight. It almost has like that yeah. Arkham Batman it, style, like snap to combat. Yeah, just that's like it. nothing that's is so quick it's, and fluent. It's almost it's it's natively going to come along with this type of fighting because even though the yeah. human eye is distracted by the motion quite a lot, you're always going to get that element of snap. Otherwise. You, all the yeah. characters would be like cutting through each other. Like I mean, the lightsaber should be, but you know, you know what I mean. The characters yeah. would be yeah. talk, clipping through each other at, at quite a rate if we didn't have that snap to nature. But you know, especially in, like the prequel era of Star Wars, when you see like the lightsaber duels, they always look incredibly fluid. Mm-hmm. It this does look a bit. It is snappier. So I think preci- your precision and your movements and decisions are going to be very, very important. Absolutely, potentially more so than the last game. But I don't know. It's been a while since I played it. Yeah, um, there were some of the things that came out of it which I thought were really cool. The fact that you can wield individual lightsabers, like yeah. two at the same time, that's mm-hmm. like going to create like a cool new approach to it. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm down for it. I actually learned something interesting about the prequels the other day. You know when Obi Wan fights Darth Maul in that like famed famed scene, yeah, in the background. You know he does that cool move where he kind of blocks from the front and the back within yeah. like a, a couple of seconds yeah. they used the exact same clip in that fight a, a moment later but close close up to him so when you see the wide shot of him fighting yeah. he does the move and you're like oh that's cool and then like five seconds later he does the same thing but super close up on you mcgregor and it was like a short clip saying like why that scene resonates so well and one of it was saying because they use repetition so our brain sees the thing the cool thing it twice, becomes a style it because he keeps like, doing oh, it yeah remember when he did that and then like i watched it and i was like motherfuckers it's just the same clip just snapshotted yeah. in within like five seconds of each other and you just because in the context of all the lights and stuff swelling around you don't even notice it and I was yeah. like ah, I this think is this Darth is... Maul's fault for like spamming the same tactics <laughs> yeah, yeah. You I do kind of like that stuff I think it does actually because we know these are trained warriors like these, the Jedi so having ha- each Jedi having their own few little nuances their own little like moves that they use all the time mm. it does make them look like they have trained they've practiced this skill this yeah. is one of the like things in the toolbox. Oh, in this situation, I'll do this thing. It adds just a bit more depth without really like hammering you over the heads with showing mm. like training montages or anything. As, but, yeah. yeah, definitely. As we get closer to the game, do you guys think it's going to be a case of Cal somehow forgotten all his moves from the last game, or what are they going to do with the skill tree on this? Like. Is he going to have yeah. like Jedi amnesia? And he's like, oh, Master, I forgot everything. Like, literally, really he's like, I'm detached from the Force. I can't I do anything. I kind of want them to go like exactly where he ends up. You, mm-hmm. That's where you start. But then you've got, also got to train players how to do that. So you need to find that nice way. I don't, I, I don't really want another full reset because we've kind of already had that with Cal. Mm. That was kind of 
his journey in the last game, he technically didn't really get stronger over the course of the game. He just remembered stuff that he locked away. Yeah, true. Which was a really cool way of handling him, to be honest. Get some more flashbacks to him in a Padawan and kind of yeah. recapping his fight in there. Um, I've, I've noticed this game has a grapple hook as well. I was yeah. a fan of a grapple hook in games just for that extra element of traversal. Um, and I think the biggest thing, what you don't really see it in the trailer, but I'm looking forward to them just sorting the map out because the map was a bit messy in the first game with that yeah. like laid Metroidvania. Like you, re- you returned on yourself quite a few times, but yeah. trying to it, find specifics was like it was a bit clunky within like the hologram that they set up for the map. There was one a particular level I think was pretty bad. Some most levels were designed quite well, but I think it was like you know you're like kind of in like the caverns, mm. and it was like lots of different layers, lots of like bridges and layers. like lifts. And, and stuff it was like you, the map basically became useless in one of the more complex areas of the game where, where you actually want to use the map yeah yeah but where some of the now. other levels were a bit more like kind of linear and then you go oh I'm back to where I started like mm. you have that moment later but yeah to be honest I can't wait for this game your thoughts yeah. Rob? yeah I'm the same I I selectively like skipped through the trailer just not to kind of get too involved really but yeah i think this is going to be like a very very rare day one purchase for me so yeah it's looking, looking that way for me as well yeah especially at the moment where i'm not really i haven't really sunk my teeth into anything in a while so yeah the more the i see is, is like maybe this is the game i want to play right now yeah. like fallen order was such a sleeper hit for me as well um mm, yeah i remember playing it on for the first time like on stadia just because um uh, my girlfriend had it on stadia and I was like, oh Rest yeah, I'll just peace. have a have a play of it. And then I was like, holy shit, this is like Yeah. This doesn't feel like an EA game. Mm. <laughs> um but yeah, I'm super looking forward to it. Like with regards to where they take his skill set, like I would have just because I'm like on a ghost of Tsushima like high train right now, I would have mm. liked to see them instead of adding new abilities, instead like focus on like different lightsaber forms because I feel like he can really yeah. transform combat without like just doing loads more power, like power creep it'd be so, cool like if you learn like new forms after encountering like other Jedi survivors like yeah, so right. he'd encounter someone who survived Order 66 and learn from them that'd be a yeah. kind of cool way to like okay yeah I'll, I'll show you the basics of this form and then you can implement it yeah I don't think they will do it but it would be nice for like a third game yeah. Well, the whole Jedi is based on samurai, isn't it? Like the whole approach and yeah. style of them. So we would like, you'd like to see that transition from Ghost of Tsushima yeah, into just the, the different stances and such. Uh, yeah, I, I can't wait for it as well. I think it's, it's, it's my kind of big game for this year so far that we know something like actively about. And it's mad to think we could get to the end of this year and the game of, year, the, game of the year conversation could be about Harry Potter, Star Wars and Spider-Man. It's insane. Which is like... Just go show you how much IP is important. It is, and it does kind of lend itself to what we look at the future. You've got what an Iron Man game, a Black Panther game, all signed off on. Um, obviously, we've got Jedi Survivor, and it was making me think. I was listening to a few other podcasts that I listened to, and it's like, is Jedi, Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order, is that the best integration of um, a character and a world into an IP that we know of? Because this is, it's canon. Like, Cal is canon. Like, I can't think of anything Marvel have done yet or any other IP, like Hogwarts, for example, where it's intrinsically happening at the same time the shows, the TV, the movies are. It's all, like, in-house canon. And it's just, it's sublime. Like, it fits perfectly. Like, if Cal shows up on a Disney Plus show, I'm down for that. And I think the wider audience would still know who he is to a degree. 
we've been calling for this for a while, but you can do it in a way where it's more... I, I think you do it in a way where initially it's more of a cameo. It's like... Mm. And, like, I don't know, like, is a scene that's like, oh, you see Cal, he's in there, he's in, like, a canteen or something, and then shit breaks out, and then he pulls the lightsaber, and people, you can see the audience who, like, audience who've played the game going, oh, yeah, he's my boy, mm. he's back. And the people that don't go, oh, there's another Jedi guy, who's this guy? It just could work so well, like, and he's do got the think- acting chops to do it, so. Absolutely. Do you think there's a chance it could go the other way? And with the success of something like The Last of Us, would Disney look at Jedi Survivor and Fallen Order and think, we could adapt this game, get the actor, and just retell Cal's story on a Disney Plus show? I just think like, you tell a different story. Like, Well, maybe you could, actually. You could Because it's it. structured, like, it, the game is structured like a movie. You have the big cinematic parts, you have the character moments, you've got the cast of people around him. You could always just do a Jedi fight scene. And I just think, like, it's almost like the breadcrumbs are there, but is it beloved as The Last of Us was, or is it... You know I what I mean? Or does, does he want to do their own thing? Because I'd still watch it in a way. I think, I think Disney want like, a quick window on it right now mm, on, for Disney yeah. Plus. Like, look how much of like money they've lost recently. So, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it comes out soon. It would be kind of. I kind of like to see him do like like a cameo thing in the, like maybe in Ahsoka first mm. to establish him in that world, and then you announce like, oh yeah, we're going to tell um, Jedi Fall. We're going to tell Jedi Fallen Order. We're adapting that game two movies because if you do it that way you give him the cameo first you introduce this other Jedi that's out there mm. it plants a scene people who haven't played the games could go like oh who who is this guy I've why is he why is he here like and then you go oh, oh by the way we're going to tell you who he is in his own show mm. like, so to, to yeah, yeah definitely to, to put a pin on Jedi yeah um the the first game, Fallen Order, had like a big cameo and it was like such a fantastic moment for the game when said character showed up. What do you think the sequels is going to be? Will we see Ahsoka? Will we meet Yoda? Like what what are they going to drop, do you think? Just one word answer into this one where it's like if if he or she or they showed up, you'd go, that's cool. I'm so glad they got them for the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to decide whether I want to go dark side or light side. Or maybe you'd go someone who's not a force user. Like link it up with Cass. Well, let me check. Like, let me remember my timeline here. Yeah. Like, could he link up with Cassian? Is that a thing that could happen? So, at the, obviously, he survived Order 66, and then it took him ahead of the time to when Vader and the Inquisitors are hunt, still hunting the remnants yeah. of the Jedi down. So you're talking New Hope hasn't happened New yet. Hope. Yeah. So well, probably Cass- not far off. So Cassian, timeline-wise, might exist, but he might be just starting the Rebellion. So you're probably around that time for it. Depends how close do. we are to A New Hope, really. Yeah. Because the Rebellion's well, the being built, Rogue well, One yeah. kind of world. There was theories like, he could appear in, like, the Obi-Wan TV show. Mm. That didn't happen, because it is yeah. that kind of era. But I'm thinking practically as well, he's a bit of, like, a cheaper actor who would, wouldn't would maybe see, like, kind of more happened mm. the voice acting gig as, like, a no, it's not worth my time type of thing. So, yeah, maybe. That would be, be my guess. Um, I don't know. I mean, you could go absolutely give the fans what they want and Mace Windu it. That would be insane. But he's, it, he's, would, he's, it would be he's insane. Dead, right? I don't think yeah, he'd come back in a game. I think they'd save that for the big screen. I don't think he'd come back in a game unless he was coming back to the big screen. But if if in like Jedi Survivor you brought back Mace Windu, you've just retconned his death. Samuel Jackson's back. 
Yeah, like, I think we'd save, we'd save that for a movie or a yeah. TV beat. Plus, he's like 80. Yeah. Like, Samuel Jackson's like getting on a bit, isn't he? Yeah. You might think that actually bringing the character back in the game might be easier on him then. If you just have to do the voice, yeah. Yeah, you can do um, the voice, and then you can use, it's a lot easier to use like stunt doubles when you're going to animate what they do. So it's like. Hmm. I think Jackson's 74 year old. That's I, insane. I'd love that to be a case. I don't. I'm not sure if I'd like them basically resetting the canon, but I think it would be awesome if they did. But it also adds more questions into what was he doing after that point. It's kind of it's one of them characters. If you brought him back, mm. you need to kind of get rid of him before New Hope as well. Yeah, true. So yeah. like, because otherwise, why wouldn't he be there? Mm. Like, well, why wasn't you there? Or at least, like, happen. at least by the time of like the. Like, like Luke's like straight up like now going going to fight the Emperor and stuff. Like, yeah, he would have made an appearance in that kind of free movie gap. That free, you'd think, wouldn't he? Yeah, my my money, if I was to pick, is on Ahsoka. Just I think time frame. Yeah. She's a she escaped the order just like Cal did. She's on the it, run just like Cal is. She could train him something just like he needs. It builds hype for Esho. In Esho's coming out, I just think, and she's a character that again, Rosie or Dawson, Dawson, Dawson. Um, again, back to what Rob said, I don't think she's like a top required actor who would cost a fortune to do the mocap for and voice if she need to. Yep. So, and again, when they were negotiating a script for the Ahsoka show, you can't imagine they went like, oh, we've also got some side content you need to agree to do as well, because that's mm-hmm. the way they're trying to build this world out. It's all connected. Uh, but not long to find out. You it's just delayed, but pushed back. It'd be a cool bit. if like, you had a, like, a cameo for Rosie O'Dawson in this game, and then you had the exact same cam- scene in the mm-hmm. show. That would be cool, yeah. And then it pops up across was... the bottom in the US banner style saying, go play the video game, available now on PlayStation yeah. Xbox. It's, <laughs> it's the same scene with the same two actors in it, just mm. for, in, coming at it from a different context. That would be very unique, yeah. Yeah, I'd like, and I'd it's, like that. it's absolutely doable. But let's um, talk a bit about Alan Wake. Um, Alan, Alan Wake's so boring compared to Star. I'm joking, I'm joking. We're already 45 Alan... minutes in the show, let's get through it. It's kind of like an interesting contrast in terms of the strength of the IP, because... Mm. I was thinking about this earlier. If you told me Alan Wake 2 is going to be the best game of all time, I'm not sure I care. It's the, something about the name Alan Wake just kind of yeah. puts me off. We've said it before. Like Again, like no disrespect to Alan Wake except for his name, but like I thoroughly enjoy Control. I actually had on pre-order the Alan Wake remaster last year, and then I think a collection of other games came out, and I decided to cancel my pre-order, which I very rarely do. And... I don't know, like, I, I enjoy Control, but I feel like I'd rather just wait for the second Control entry at this point rather than learning about a new game. But there is something about it which I know I'll probably enjoy, but uh, it's surprising that Remedy are telling us now it's fully done, right? It's playable. Obviously not finished, but it's it, it feels like it was announced and then it's almost in, like, the, the final straight, almost. I think the, yeah, the I mean, bad thing is there's just not, like, I'm not feeling like the the groundswell demand for it. Like, mm. that's the the really sad thing for me. I know. I think it, it really... This is what get one of them games that really needs a solid marketing push. Jedi Survivor doesn't really need a big marketing push. They just need to let people know it's coming and remind people. I think this game needs to be sold to people. Like, mm. this is why you should play it. And do, you, do we know if the first one is on Game Pass? I don't think it is. Uh, 
The, the first original, maybe, but not the remaster one. See, I think that's one of the moves they should do. Get the remaster on mm. Game Pass so people have an introduction to the franchise so that then when 2 drops... Because I, it, I think this could be a Plague Tale situation for me where I don't want to play like Requiem mm. until I've finished Innocence. So yeah. I want Alan, if I'm to consider Alan Wake 2, I kind of want to play Alan Wake 1 first. And yeah. I want to play like the remaster, not the original, so give me it, Xbox. It's Yeah, in, in regards to the marketing push, I feel like it's one of them where if you told me Blue Pill, Red Pill, Alan Wake 2, Max Payne remaster, I feel like I'd rather play the Max Payne remaster, which is... That's worrying, right, from a marketing standpoint. If I'd rather <laughs> yeah. play something you're not working on, uh, although they have confirmed they're in the concept stage, but it's like I'd rather have Control Two, Max Payne Remastered, before I even considered Alan Wake Two. Yeah, a million percent for me. I'm sure there's people out there played it and think it's a great game. I know it's a, a very well revered game, but like you said, Rob, I don't think it has that groundswell or following. Like it has a cult following, but I don't think it's got a cult big enough to cause the government any problems. <laughs> it's yeah. not like that yeah. good of a cult. And I think the numbers kind of back that up, right? With the sales. Like, sales aren't particularly strong yeah. for the remaster. And I no, no, it didn't, yeah. Yeah, that's why I think, like, if they brought the remaster to Game Pass with two on the way, not that far out, well, it's now playable from start to finish, it might give that little bit of a groundswell. More people will be willing to give it a chance because it costs them nothing extra to try. Yeah. So that's... I don't know. I don't really know what else to say. This is the problem with Alan Wake. Every time it come, comes up in the news, it's like, I don't really know what to say about it because it's just so much not on my radar. I forget it even exists between news stories, which is a massive problem for them, I think. Mm. And it sounds like I'm not the only one. Um, I'd rather play Psychonauts, Richie. Yeah, um, me too, actually. I've never played Psychonauts. Have either of you, before we get into this story? No. Rob? is frozen. Oh, um, yeah, but it was just sat perfectly still. Yeah, yeah, me too. Uh, okay, we'll continue talking about Psychonauts until Rob reappears. Um, sorry for messing up the cameras, guys, because I'm expecting him to drop out the Discord call any moment. But um, Double Fine, Psychonauts, is a 20-hour documentary de- um, documenting the development of Psychonauts 2. Any interest in watching this, Chris? <laughs> I don't. Having not played the games, I don't have any interest in um, the actual p- watching of this TV show. What I do think, though, is Psychonauts has been one of my radar since Psychonauts 2 had like loads of praise. Um, it was in the Game of Year conversation. Yeah, like... it was. Yeah, not, not this year, the year before, but it was one of Xbox's first-party titles, and now we're kind of owners of Game Pass. It striked me as their Ratchet and Clank, as like a big PlayStation fan. Like, it seemed like to their, their, their equivalent. It's a little bit of a smaller story. It's a little bit more cartoony. It tells a, a loving tale of kind of like lovable characters going on an adventure. And for me, that was kind of the, the draw to it. And I don't think it's that long of a game. And um, Double Fine, like a fantastic studio. And reading about this was Psych Odyssey. It's, a, it's like a 20-hour documentary series. And I'm all for seeing more behind-the-scenes stuff. I love what Sony did with God of War. They did it with The Last of Us as a full like hour-long documentary of how that was made. And kind of that peek behind the curtain. I think, Richie, you watch a lot of the Noclip series on YouTube. I haven't um, in a while, but I have in the past. Yeah. I mean, the very it needs to be a game that you're a fan of to watch. It. I don't like watch it religiously, but as soon as anything pops up from no clip that I have a vested interest in, I sit down and watch the whole thing. And it's it's great to see the games industry kind of opening up and acknowledging that yes, 
there's difficulties that come with it. There's technical problems. There's limitations. Like, they're businesses at the end of the day, and they run like jobs. And a 20-hour documentary free on YouTube called Psycho Odyssey, um, kind of leading up to the building of this, is fantastic. 32 episodes. So if you're big on games and you want to know how, yeah. the, how the sausage is made, then I don't think there's a better well, thing out there. I'm actually quite interested in this, although I think I've incorrectly dismissed um, Psychonauts as a franchise as just another... I think when I first saw like trailers for the first game, I kind of dismissed it as just a, a kind of weird-looking platformer. I went, okay. Mm-hmm. But I, that is clearly I'm wrong on that. Like, Psychonauts 2 is, was one of the best games of the year when it came out. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be interesting to watch this documentary. I'm not sure about the 20-plus hours, though. That seems a bit too much, in my opinion, for something uh-huh. like this. I'm not sure I want to dedicate 20 hours of my life to that. When that twenty hours could be spent playing the game, yeah. If it was so, like, like, if it was like a couple of hours, do you know what? Like a lot yeah. of I watch a lot of YouTube just like as background noise when I'm working, mm-hmm. and like the, the concept of like twenty hours of content which I don't need to hunt out and I don't need to like vet is like quite exciting to me. I think yeah. like I can see it just being on for like a week in background when I'm working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I watch a lot of YouTube while I'm working, but I also struggle to keep up with my current watch later list, so adding 20 hours on top of that is like... Yeah. I think I'd fizzle out on it. It's but back to what we said I'm at the beginning. Like, it's a game I'd rather play the game, like if yeah. I was going to dedicate 20 hours. But maybe after that, that might give me the, the kind of insight to go, oh, you know what? Now I've played the game, I enjoy the game, I want to see how it was made. But it's, it's great to see it actually happening rather than traditionally this industry is very just closed off, secretive, shadow drop. You only hear about things when it's announced or stuff leaks. And yeah. as far as every other medium, you kind of get a good bit of insight and it's, it's nice to see they've, they've kind of embraced that with this. Does anybody think- remember on the Metal Gear Solid 2 disc, there was like a lot of kind of like content on like interviews and stuff. Mm-hmm. And like all, all I can remember is like Kojima's like staff like kind of running around with guns in the office and like, like then you saw, like in the game, it was so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, let's talk about some games coming to Game Pass this month. So, um, Madden Twenty Three. I'll just go through the list of games, and then we can pick ones if we want to talk about them individually. So, um, starting off the ninth of um, February, Madden Twenty Three and SD Gundam Battle Alliance came out. Um, tomorrow we'll have Mountain Blade Two Bannerlord dropping. This is amazing. Fi- Play that game, it's, it's yeah. incredible. We'll come back to it in a sec. Um, City Skyline Remastered drops on the 15th. I actually want to talk about that separate to this um, story. Um, Shadow Warrior 3 Definitive Edition comes out the 16th, and Atomic Heart comes out the, t- the 21st. So, Rob, Bannerlord, tell me why I should play it. So, like the Mountain Blade series, like I've been a fan of for ages, and with Bannerlord, essentially you start off as like just a single character and like the game focuses on like your combat abilities you kind of like fighting kind of small bands of bandits or whatever and then as you kind of growing strength and you attract followers it transitions into like more of a strategy game so you're still like your character on the battlefield but you may have like 300 men to command and instead of like running around doing individual combat you kind of transition more to like a general and like kind of like commanding your troops, and it's it's just really really well done and it's a it's a good game for people who like kind of the combo of combat and like the the strategy element. So yeah. definitely definitely recommend it. I know our Discord servers has been a lot of chat about Banner Lord recently and how good of a game it is. 
Yeah, it is. I think it's like there's only a couple of devs on it as well initially, and like the fact they've built this like massive world out of not many people is an incredible achievement. You know, I've actually watched some like um, let's play stuff from the spiffing Britain banner lord. Yeah, like, like all the exploits he does. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's like. It, it does seem like a cool game, and maybe we'll do a streaming at some time. Um, yeah, Chris, yeah. any thoughts on Bannerlord? You interested? Uh, not not Bannerlord for me, uh, but Atomic Hearts definitely um, got yeah. my interest and intrigue. It just looks like Bioshock set in Russia, essentially. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm down for that. But we don't have long to wait. We don't. It's 21st of February. It drops on Game Pass, so you'll have it. Hmm. Sometimes um, you just got to love Game Pass. <laughs> Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. Like same with like Wild Hearts. I think we're probably going to have a yeah. look at that uh, on a stream as well. And yep. um, um, think this week we're going to do it because the demo drops. It's a ten-hour demo. Demo drops this week. Seems fitting. Oh, and then yeah. City Skylands, which we've got a we've got a yeah, let's play up on the channel already. But having lost that one, Stadia went to then get it back on Game Pass in a remastered next-gen form. It's like awesome. Yeah. I can play it again. What I wanted to talk about with City Skylines is you're getting a remaster that's coming to consoles, that's coming to PlayStation and Xbox, but I don't know if it'll be coming to PlayStation Plus, but it is coming to Game Pass, so we ha- we'll have it back, which is nice. But do you think it's time for City Skyline 2? Like, I mean, I feel like we're already a few years past needing a City Skylines 2. Yeah. I just think yeah, they, they that- may be seeing it as more as just a continuous platform rather than... Because they've got City's VR comes out with the PSVR two later this month as well, so it's just like this is it. Stuff happening. It's not dead by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it almost needs like okay, let's draw a line under what we've done. Bring us to a newer engine, give it a full like graphical and interface revamp, and just do it again. Because I don't know, it just fit. I think when we were playing on Stadia, as much as enjoyed it, it does feel a bit old. Yeah, I feel like that's part of its charm, though, because if you yeah. do... It's the same with, like, um, Jurassic... Like, I loved the Jurassic World game. I got the Platinum in the first one, and I was really hyped for the second one, and when it came out, I was just like, it's just more of the same with a couple of tweaks, and I was like, I feel like with simulation games, there's only so much you can do for them, and I feel like if they're happy with this, then just keep building on it, like the Sims, just keep adding more to it and keep adding more to it. Yeah, I I find it like when you see things like this, though, I look at the DLC and it looks very intimidating how much they've released. Hmm. And I wonder if, like, a second title, when it kind of cleans the slate a bit, and some of the stuff that came into later games as DLC could just be incorporated right from the off, and it might just regenerate the franchise a bit. It could also go the other way, but people go. I don't know. I'm not a hardcore into it. Let us hmm. actually. This is a perfect one. Just if you've played a lot of City Skylines, let us know in the comments if you're happy for them to just continue supporting the remaster, or would you prefer a brand new title right from ground up? I had like a similar experience with um, Heart of Iron, like the the Forex strategy, um, which I play sometimes. Like whenever like a new DLC comes out for that, the entire like meta of the game completely shifts. And, like, each kind of DLC brings, like, an iteratively more detailed section of the game. So in that game, like, it's divided up by kind of, like, land forces, ground and air. And each one's to a point where it's so niche and so micromanaged that it becomes far, far too complicated for new players to get involved. So I would be in favour of doing, like, a, a reset, like you say, with Yeah. 
Um, let's move on for a bit. Um, to end up the show, let's talk about Ubisoft because the list of potential list of games has kind of been leaked that might be coming to Ubisoft Plus. Now, I don't. We don't know. I can't find any like concrete information about whether they might do like a Ubisoft Plus kind of light situation for Game Pass, or would it just be you can now just subscribe to Ubisoft Plus on Xbox, like you could on Stadia? Mm. But the list is kind of what you'd expect. Um, it's got your Assassin's Creeds in there, your Far Cry's, pretty much everything from Far Cry Three onwards. Riders of Republic's in there, For Honor, uh, Battleship, Boggle, Child of Light, yeah, Tom Clancy stuff. Is there anything that massively jumps out to you? It, it's the same list that I think we expected. If we do get like a tie-in with Game Pass, because remember we already have some Ubisoft games on Game Pass, like Assassin's Creed Origin, yeah. Origins, and oh, does that say Orgy then? Origin, Origin, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Orgy, Assassin's uh, Creed Origin. Yeah, yeah. or- um, Origin, come back definitely. Yeah, exactly, uh, all of the all the assassins in one room together. Um, but no, realistically, just if, banging if, away. If there's some kind of incorporation, Hidden Blade. Um, if there's some kind of incorporation, hey, that's a very nice hidden. <laughs> it would be uh, like Ubisoft Classic that PlayStation have, where just some of the classics are kind of woven into the PS Plus. I could see Ubisoft Classics being a part of Game Pass. This list at the moment is it's exhaustive. There's a lot of stuff in there. There's a lot of fantastic games in there, but it's all back catalog stuff at this point. And that's, I think, obviously Ubisoft's goal is to have Ubisoft Plus as that like be all go to place for all of their games. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we just continue to see he's Ubisoft Plus if you want it, but we'll still kind of cherry pick some of the best ones for Game Pass based on Microsoft wanting to kind of fill fill a gap every other couple of months maybe between their own studio releases. Um, no surprise, no big shocks, but looking forward to it getting here just so I have the option, really. Yeah, I, that's the thing what I've always liked about Ubisoft Plus. Um, going back to our Stadia days, what I loved about Ubisoft Plus was... Hey, he's a new Assassin's Creed game dropped. It's a seventy-pound game, or you can get Ubisoft Plus for what is about fifteen fifteen pounds a month, mm. and you can spend a month playing Assassin a month playing Assassin's Creed and save yourself like forty fifty quid, and you also have access to the entire library as well. So if you're not like obsessed with owning the game, owning the game in quotations. <laughs> I think it's a really good way of experience like the Ubisoft library and there is despite how kind of negative I'm usually am with Ubisoft there is good games in there my thing is I just don't as always been I don't think that Ubisoft games are as good as they could be mm. but again like I've enjoyed playing things like Rises Republic we enjoy a bit of um Ghost Recon um we like we've enjoyed the D- division so when Assassin's Creed Mirage drops which is if it is more of a step back towards the re- that kind of half step back towards original Assassin's Creed, I think could be a, potentially the best in the game in the series. I think, yeah, I might. I hope this drops in time for Mirage, because that might be how I experience Mirage just by getting Ubisoft Plus for a month. Rob, any thoughts? Like nothing's going. It's like jumping out to me on, on the Ubisoft Plus just because like we, again we've talked about like Ubisoft fatigue in the past um, South Park games they're awesome they are but I think for me I've never had the desire to replay one of those games like yeah. I've played it got the jokes and like it's been like a nice experience at the time but um, for yeah. me if I was to 
top of my kind of subscription, if you want to like game subscription, if you want to call it that, I'd probably go down the EA Play route um, this time as opposed to Ubisoft Plus, which is not a thing I thought I'd say like yeah. <laughs> on this show, to be honest. Um, but yeah, like we'll see kind of what's rolled in and what's not. But I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just jump into some boggle for yeah. For, a bit for of me, it, it's just there for if I want to play a Ubisoft game. This is if I don't already have it. This is probably the cheapest way to get to get in, and give, I think there is good value for money in there. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. If you're into that type of game, like yeah. Chris, I'd say like kind of you're probably the biggest like Assassin's Creed fan, and it's mm-hmm. there's definitely value there for like a game in your situation. But it's, it's just. Not for me, I don't think. Yeah, fair enough. Um, let's move on to the last story of the week. There's Minecraft Krogs available. Krogs? Krogs. <laughs> it's, been, it's been an episode, guys. Um, set to launch fe- fe- 16th of February, worldwide. You can get limited edition Krogs. You, you know what, Richie? I was about to go off on a tirade about these shoes because we've had we had for Xbox we had what the jump the jumper jacket for your controller. Yeah. What else did we have? We've had multiple stupid clothing. We had a hoodie, yeah. um, some gloves or something. Basically, all the attire, all the winter attire you could have, and now summer's on the way. Damn Crocs have resurfaced. Right. Let's just be clear: these are not Crocs for your controller. That would be stupid. These are Crocs for your feet. Yeah, and I know people who own Crocs and they think they're cool, but without going too much into it, I was going to say these look ridiculous. They're essentially green and black Crocs with like random little Minecraft blocks and badges stuck to them. However, yesterday I was out shopping and I went into, in the UK, it's called Flannels. Are you about to say you bought Crocs? No, 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 I did not, not at all. Um, But some of the shoe, the footwear and the clothing in these shops that sound like an old man, the kids wear today. Like these trainers with big thick heels and ridiculous shapes and like oh, oh my word, like the croc, these are not these are normal by comparison to some of the shit that I saw in that shop. And the worst part is it was like three hundred odd pound for like a child's shoe that looks like you basically put it into a vacuum form machine and just threw a bunch of shit that was in the kitchen drawer in there with it, vacuum formed the plastic over it went, there's the shoe. Three hundred quid, please. It's so bad that these Crocs, by proxy, are actually fine fashion. <laughs> yeah, but Chris, you're going to be asking someone younger than us to like set up your tablet in, in the next few years, aren't you? I, I, well, <laughs> I, have, I have my one. I have my wizarding one stylus pen to sort me out with that. The, yeah. the thing for me is like I saw a Eurogamer article which said Crocs, and I, I immediately jumped in excitement, thinking there'd be a new oh, Croc game. Oh yeah! And yeah. then this was such a letdown when I actually read the full headline that's, that's a great going. point yeah legend you know of the what? I, w- I, I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happened in like Fortnite. let's just bring croc back it just like for no reason croc should, like, yeah croc was class croc I was th- better than these shoes i, I remember how you know, amazed i was when i you played know, croc, croc was originally saw, like, a yoshi game footsteps. Was, sorry, Cro- Croc was originally like going to be a Yoshi game, a Yoshi game, whatever you prefer, for, like, in the Mario franchise. And I think Nintendo turned it down, so they like, had to redevelop the character to not be like infringing Microsoft's IP. That's how he came about. It still came very, very close to it. And now when you when you know that, you, you can totally see it, can't you? Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. But like, I loved it. Like My mind was blown when I saw like footsteps in, in snow on, yeah. when I played Croc 1 on the PlayStation. That was like, wow. This is next yeah. gen. I Owned think this... by Fox Interactive, so 
There's an IP there that could that's, really that's come Disney back. now, right? Well, if yeah. if uh, if Microsoft end up owning Crash Bandicoot and Spyro, PlayStation might be scrambling for a mascot again. And Bring if, back they're gonna, if they're not going to revive Gex, which I keep saying, save the Gecko every other month, I, I, I echo think, that sentiment. To get to both lizard creatures in there. I think T-Roc. Croc's less problematic. I think the problem with Croc was just the terrible controls. <laughs> They get tank controls, but it's, it was early 3D platforming. We hadn't figured this stuff out yet. But we've had a Spyro and Crash crossover on the on the DS, I think it was, yeah. the, back in the day. Give me, I'll, I'll take a Croc and Gex crossover. Like Gex yeah. is the, the suave, shouldn't be saying what you should say, adult, and Croc's like the naive younger one, and they just go on a lizard adventure <laughs> together and show each other. It's just like a slapstick comedy platformer between yeah. the two of them. Like, Why not? You know, like Why not? Dustin Hoffman and um, Tom Cruise and then there you go. Uh, we've we've well, designed it for you, everyone. Yeah, but that's all we have time for this week. If you've liked the video, make sure you hit that like button and consider becoming a member of the channel for as little as 99p. And subscribe if you haven't already with your notifications turned on so you know when all great content drops. Like tomorrow, we'll be in Talking the PS, we'll be talking about everything Hogwarts Legacy. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for watching. My name's been Richie. I've been Chris. And I've been Rob. We've been Helix Cloud Games. Helix Cloud? <laughs> That's what I said last week. I did did say at the top of the show, my brain's not fully switched on, and apparently an hour later, it's not. There's a Discord server, links below. Bye. Go get plowed.